Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners, as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built Podcast, and I have Lee Shea McDonough with us today. How are you, Lee? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you here, and I can't wait to share with everyone what you do. So everyone, Lee, um, she's the founder of Coach with Clarity, where creative, innovative professionals discover how to combine their talents, experience, and intuition with a powerful coaching methodology so they can create a flexible meaningful business that serves their people and supports their families without selling their souls. Key piece there. Um, (laughs) She's also the host of the Coach with Clarity podcast and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. After over a decade as a clinical social worker and public health professional, Lee became credentialed as a coach through the International Coach Federation and now provides IFC accredited, excuse me, accredited initial training and continuing education for an intuitive, for intuitive, innovative coaches. Her Coach with Clarity framework uses meaning, mindset, and mindfulness with grounded intuition and solid business strategy to help coaches and clients excel at entrepreneurship and transform their lives. Lee lives in North Carolina with her husband, two sons, and her pug, is it Phineas? It is. We call him Finn for short. (laughs) That's so great. What color, what kind of color pug is he? He's a fawn. So light body, dark face. He's a cutie. Yes. I love like when they, you trim, I don't know if you have to trim his nails or if you take Oh yes. The noises they make as they're getting nails trimmed. It sounds like someone's murdering them. Yeah, I know. I know the little high-pitched squeals. I'm like, my neighbors are going to wonder what is going on in our house. <laughs> really a coach or what is she doing over there? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm curious too, especially because you're talking about the three M's that we're going to talk about today, meaning, uh, mindset, and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. In mindfulness, I have a special place in my heart just for that word mindfulness, but I want to hear from you. What does that mean for you and how does that show up in your life? I have yet to find a better definition of mindfulness than John Kabat-Zinn's. Um, so it's a bit of a riff on his, but essentially mindfulness is about meeting the present moment with full awareness and openness and curiosity, and ideally without attaching ourselves to the outcome so that we can simply be in the moment. We're not getting pulled into the past. We're not transporting ourselves into the future. We're not getting carried away by our thoughts and our emotions. We are able to fully enjoy and appreciate the moment for what it is. Mm. Isn't that so fun how our brain's like, mm, I don't want to do that today. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to think about all the things you've screwed up on in the past and ooh, let's have anxiety about what could happen in the future. And let's just spin in that for a while. It's almost like a crazy person lives up there some days. 
oh, our minds are so good, so good at doing that. Um, and in my book, I, I call it time traveling. When we are not mindful, when we're not in the moment, our brains, our minds will literally take us back in time and have us relive all of the things that we did wrong, or it'll shoot us into the future and have us plan and over plan and overanalyze all of the things yet yet to come. And I get why that happens. Our minds are simply trying to keep us safe. It's a protective strategy. It's to ensure that we don't make the same mistakes that we've made in the past and to make sure that we're fully prepared for the future. So our minds really are trying to support us, but as minds do, they go into overdrive. And so then mindfulness helps bring us back to the present moment and to just let our minds know, like there's a time and a place for that, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge of your brain. Thanks. Exactly. Um, and the brain's like, mm, are you, but you're like, yes, <laughs> yes I am. And we're going to be in the present moment. I love that time travel. That's a great, that's a great example. So coming with meaning mindset and mindfulness, especially being a social worker and all of that. And, um, you were a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So a different world, but very similar in some respects for coaching. I know we were talking about that previous, but tell me how you came to this journey. I mean, how do you go from social worker, psychotherapist to a coach? Like, what was that? How did that happen? And how did you bring three M's in? Yeah. So I joke, I have my husband to blame for all of this. Um, he was in the air force. And so for most of the first part of our marriage, we lived in all sorts of places. And when he got out of the Air Force in 2015, we moved back to the States after living in Germany for four years. And he bought a dental practice. He's a periodontist by training. I know he, he's, he was a dentist, a periodontist in the Air Force. He got out, he bought a business. And I supported him through that transition. And what we both quickly realized is that neither dental school nor the Air Force really prepare you to be a business owner. And so here he was an extraordinary clinician, still is, but a novice when it came to running a business and having to deal with all that goes with it. And that's a really unique tension to experience when you are so good at one thing and so new at another. And I witnessed what he was experiencing and I kept thinking to myself, I wish there was someone who could support him in this. He wasn't interested in seeing a therapist. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure he really needed to. There was no mental health disorder. There wasn't anything that he needed in that sense, but he felt really lonely and alone in this business. And so I'm a, I'm a researcher at heart. And so I did some research and that's when I discovered coaching specifically business coaches. And I thought, oh, okay, so maybe there is someone out there who can support him. And wow, look at what they do. Maybe this is something I could do too. Maybe I could take my experience as a therapist and also my experience in small business and merge the two and support people. Because as much as I loved mental health, when we moved back to the States, I just got the sense that I was ready for a different challenge. And then coaching entered my life. And there we go. That's a great story. Yeah. Let's blame it on your husband. That sounds yeah. <laughs> great. He's probably, I can't imagine how thankful he is that you um, decided to learn something new with him. I'm sure it was a learning process. I've worked with my spouse in the past who is um, now an, an ex-husband, but um, there's challenges, different challenges with that for sure, but also great moments of connection um, that strengthen the relationship in the process and that you're helping him with this. Cause it is like being a brand new baby when you're a great clinician, 
but you have no idea about something. It's like being a new baby, especially in business. There's so many nuances and there's so many things to learn. That's exactly right. And and I felt that starting my own business. I mean, the fact that he bought a business and I started a business at the same time, in hindsight, maybe not the best idea, but we made it work. Um, but what I found early in my own business was that I had to do a lot of identity work. I had spent most of my life either wanting to be a therapist or working towards becoming one or being one. And now all of a sudden, I was moving away from that into coaching. And I was terrified. I kept thinking to myself, if I'm going to give up, get, those were my words then, I, I would use different words now, but at the time I really was thinking, if I'm going to give up my therapy practice and my identity as a therapist, then I have to make this coaching thing work. And that looked like creating a coaching business that reflected what other people's definitions of successful coach were, but not my own. And so 18 months in, I had a coaching business that was moderately successful. I was doing okay. I was working with clients, but I wasn't really feeling connected to my business. And quite honestly, I was a ghost in my own business. It didn't look like me. It didn't sound like me. And I was feeling pretty unfulfilled. And I kept thinking to myself, how did this happen? You know, I went into business for myself because I wanted to show up authentically. And here I am hiding in my own business. And so it's funny when you move, it takes about mm, like, a couple of weeks to unpack 80% of your boxes, but those last 20% takes like three years. And so seriously, I was unpacking a box and it was all of my professional gear that I hadn't unpacked yet because I wasn't working as a therapist, but I was finally going through it. And all of my materials from when I was a therapist, I stumbled on them and I stumbled on all of my books about acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT, which was the modality I was trained in as a therapist. And all of a sudden I realized I had the tools I needed right in front of me to return to myself. Uh, and so the three M's, meaning mindset and mindfulness, that's my take on the core principles of ACT. Because I love ACT, but as with most psychological uh, theoretical frameworks, it's pretty jargony. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of unnecessary words there. And so I really tried to streamline it into meaning, mindset, and mindfulness. And so I used those tools to find myself again in my business. And that was really when everything changed for me. Yeah, certainly it's creating a whole new identity. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot when I work with people who come from corporate too, and then they move into an entrepreneur and some of the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles too, is one security because there's no security, even though I feel like being an entrepreneur is the most secure job you can have set, set up properly financially. Um, but two, um, is that there, um, it, it changes things. It changes who you are and you have to look at yourself in a different way. And then that also results in different behaviors because you have different thoughts, different behaviors, different actions, all of those pieces. So talk to me about the three, the meaning, the mindset, and the mindfulness and why each one of them are important. I love to start with meaning, especially when I'm working with business owners, because that's all about knowing what matters most to you and how to take action in your life in a way that's consistent with that. And so this is where we're talking about values, what your core values are, what you want to stand for, what you want your legacy to be. So when you're clear on what your values are, then you can make choices in your business, in your relationship, in your life that are consistent with them. 
And the beautiful thing about values, I, I see them as it being inherently neutral. Values are not good or bad. And just because people hold different values doesn't mean one person's right or one person's wrong. Uh, and my values may look very different than yours, and that's okay. But I need to know what my values are. I need to know what matters most to me so that I can then take action from a place that feels good. So I always start with meaning because especially in business, we need to know what we stand for and we need to know what we believe. And then we need to talk about how will that show up in the work we do and in our messaging and the connections we make with people. So meaning is really about your core values and knowing the why it matters to you and then how you want it to show up in your life. I love that. Yeah, it does matter. I think too, this is when you do this foundational work, initially when you start your business, I think it's so important because there'll be a point in the business. And I know you started in 2016 and you could have hit this at some point or another between now and then is that you're like, why am I doing this? Oh yeah. More why than once every day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. You're like, I need to remember why I'm doing this or I'm done. I'm absolutely mm -hmm. done. Cause it's a tough client. It's a tough situation. Like something happens. There's this trigger point. So do, do you see what's interesting? Do you have a lot of new entrepreneurs come to work with you? Or do you have people who come to you that are already like to refresh their business and they need, they never did this foundational work about meaning? I would say most of the people I've worked with have done some of that work around meaning. And I think because of my own background as a therapist, I do tend to attract a lot of therapists and healthcare professionals who are looking at serving people in a different way and coaching is really appealing to them. So these are not brand new concepts, but I didn't realize when I started my own business, what a journey it would be personally and how much healing and growth I would experience through my business. And I think that has maybe surprised some of them as well. So seeing meaning as a pathway through all of that internal struggle can be really powerful. Yes. I agree hundred um, percent. Our businesses can be a vehicle for our healing. Absolutely. Time and time again, I've said that to clients. I'm like, do you think you'd be in this situation and have this challenge and have this opportunity to grow if you didn't have a business? And I'm like, no, but I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> right. But you're there to help and support them. So yeah, the core values is what really matters. Um, what do you believe in? What do you stand for? What legacy do you want to leave? That's important to some people, not so much for others. Um, where do you see legacy pops up with clients? You're right. I think for some people, the idea of having an impact, of, of creating a lasting effect really drives them. And for others, it's more like, no, I just want to know that the work I'm doing is solid and that I can go to bed at night feeling good about what I've done. Well, that's, that's legacy too, you know, and it may be, what do you want to teach your children? How do you want to be viewed by the people you care about? That's a different way of viewing legacy as well. So I think it's really more about ensuring that the actions you take and the decisions you make are consistent with the kind of person you want to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, have you ever seen the exercise or heard the exercise where you pick three people in your life and then you write down what you think they would say in your, with the, your eulogy? Like yes. And I, yes. I did do that. What like, a, so powerful. It's so, it really makes you stop in your tracks. Like, oh my gosh, what would that person say? Oh, that's interesting. And I'd take a minute and be like, am I really portraying these things that I want them to say? Oh, wait a minute. 
Um, yeah, and there needs to be a lot of dancing and music in my funeral. Anyway, we're back. Let's switch <laughs> to my, I'm Irish, right? right. That's, there, there are no, there's funerals, but there's a lot of dancing and having Oh, I get it. You're talking to a McDonough. I get it. <laughs> yes, McDonough. Yeah, get it. Okay, so meaning, cool, check, got it. Let's talk about mindset. Yes, I know, and I am actually really excited that mindset is something that is being talked about quite a bit, um, kind of in our zeitgeist, but the way I view mindset is how we relate to our internal experiences. So the things that we know we're experiencing, our thoughts, our feelings, our sensations, our memories, our emotions, all of those things, we know that we're having them. Someone else might not, unless we share that with them. So those internal private experiences are so powerful and the way we relate to them, to me, that's mindset work. So certainly it includes thought work. It includes the mind, but I think it also includes our emotional landscape as well. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that we humans have a tendency to believe our thoughts. If our mind tells us something, it must be true. And so we buy into it immediately. When we have an emotion that doesn't feel good, we try to avoid it. We try to push it away. We try to escape it. So we fuse with our thoughts and we run away from our emotions. And that's just what we do. It's, it's how we try to cope with stressors and so forth. And of course, the antidote is the opposite. With our thoughts, we want to create space between what we think and who we are because our thoughts don't have to define our identity. Just because my mind says I'm a failure or I'm a fraud or all of those horrible things our, our minds like to tell us, if we can create some space between that, then we can take a look at that thought and see it for what it is, which is again, our mind just trying to keep us safe. And with the emotion, instead of trying to push it away or avoid it, if we create space for it, if we allow it in, understanding and really trusting that emotions are transient. They're going to come and go. And even the uncomfortable, unwanted ones, even the painful ones, they will not last forever. And often our most unwanted emotions can teach us a lot about what we want. And so when we learn how to separate ourselves a bit from our thoughts and create space for our emotions, that's mindset work. And that's how we can navigate through those really challenging experiences we have. That's a great way to explain it too. It's separating yourself, separating the two, almost like being like an, uh, an eagle or a hawk above and viewing what's going on in somewhat of an objective perspective. Like we all have subjective lens, no matter what we do, because just based on experiences in our life, but at least taking a step back, um, I think is so important. What do you, with mindset, do you feel like does it trump the meaning sometimes? Is that where people get stuck or do they get stuck in the meaning? I know we're going to talk about mindfulness in a minute, but where do you see people have the biggest hangups or things that need to be worked on? I would say mindset is probably the area where we put a lot of our attention on, at least in coaching, because those thoughts and emotions can really get in the way of us taking value-based action. So meaning, that's really what meaning is about. It's about knowing what your values are so you can take action accordingly. When the mindset stuff comes up, that can block us from taking that action. So we do have to do that work. We've got to ex you know, explore the thoughts and create space for the emotions and work through it so that we can return 
to that meaning-based action. So I see them going hand in hand for sure. Um, but in coaching, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is, is certainly around mindset. Sure. And I'd like to get your thought on this. I've heard different renditions of this is that when you feel an emotion, it truly is only 90 seconds. So you feel it and you're going through that process and it releases. It's what stays as our brain starts adding stories to it or validating like, yeah, that is right. You should feel shameful about that. And remember that time in high school and all of this other business. And then you sit in this world of shame, but really in essence, it's 90 seconds and then it drops and releases if we allow it. Have you heard of that or do you have another perspective on it? Well, I haven't heard of that, but I'm fascinated by it. And I, you know, I don't know about the 90 seconds piece, but I think the idea of creating space for the emotion to truly feel it and then release it, that is so powerful. And I can see how then the mind comes in to try to make sense of it. Because when something distressing happens, our mind needs to figure out what it is and why it happens so we can make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's where we kind of sit in that emotion for a while. So I can see how if we can just feel it and release it and let the mind know, it's okay, I got this, like, we're good, then that would be really effective. You know, with my clients, I talk about how the goal is not to eliminate unwanted thoughts and emotions, because that's a fool's goal. We're, we're never going to be able to do that. But for me, the goal is about shortening the duration of that uncomfortable experience. So maybe instead of spending a week dealing with our anger or our sadness, we're spending a day or instead of a day, maybe we're spending an hour. How can we shorten the time where we're experiencing that distress so that we can return to that values-based action? Yes. And feel a lot better too. Absolutely. Any entrepreneur here who's listening has been in um, tailspin, almost like it becomes a tailspin and then it affects your family members, your friends, your business. And if you're in it for months, I've seen people sitting in it for, for months, for years, because something tragic had happened in their business and there's, they just sit in it in the mud, like they're stuck in it and they're not able to get out. It breaks my heart. Um, okay meaning mindset. Let's talk about mindfulness. Yes. And so we, you know, we opened earlier today talking a little bit about mindfulness, but I think it's especially important in business because it brings us back to that question of why are we doing this? Like, what's the point? And it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day hustle and all the things we have to do. And I've got this client and I've got to do this meeting, et cetera. But mindfulness encourages us to just pause and just be in the moment and and really take in the joy maybe that we're experiencing, or if not joy, the contentment, how good it feels to take action from a place that's aligned with who we are and who we want to be. And so when we slow things down and we allow ourselves the gift of that, of that moment, then I just, that increases our overall satisfaction. And so the, the things that we do in our business, they can feel rote or like, oh, it's just yet another day. Let me just punch in and punch out. Mindfulness allows us to fully experience that moment and to approach the moment with a sense of wonder, even gratitude. And I find that even in the moments that are not going as well as maybe I would like, when I'm able to really show up fully in that moment, I can if not find the joy in it, I can at least find the lesson in it. And, and mindfulness supports me in that. Yes, especially the lessons can be a little bit more difficult. And know this is mm -hmm. happening for me. 
right? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Instead of the, the opposite of that, I think one thing, and maybe I'd like to just your thoughts on this is that when entrepreneurs, um, close a big deal or something amazing happens, how often do you hear entrepreneurs are like, Oh, yep. Check anyway. And they don't stop to celebrate. They're, they're not mindful and they just move on because they feel like come on, already behind and they keep moving. Do you see that at all? Or, oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Because I think entrepreneurs are by nature ambitious and goal oriented and they strive for accomplishment. And, and I view those as, as great qualities to have. You know, there's nothing wrong with ambition. But then what we're working towards just becomes another box to check and it's on to the next thing. And we lose sight of why we're doing this to begin with. So yes, mindfulness allows us to kind of slow down and appreciate the moment, to savor it, to celebrate it. I love celebrating wins. And listen, I'm just as guilty as the next entrepreneur of not always doing that. It's very easy for me to conclude a launch and it's like on to the next one. Mindfulness encourages me to slow down and to really take it in and to give myself permission to be proud of myself, uh, to celebrate myself and to give myself permission if a launch doesn't go as well as I would hope, you know, to feel my disappointment and then mine the experience for whatever gold nuggets I can, I can find and then move on, get back at it, but not without pausing first. Yeah, I agree. I love that so much. Okay. So meaning mindset and mindfulness. Why are entrepreneurs not taking these three into account? What do you see as the biggest reason why they're not doing this? Entrepreneurship requires you to spin a lot of plates all at once, right? Or juggle a lot of balls. We, we've, we're wearing a lot of hats. And so it's really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day must-dos. And so the three M's really ask you to kind of step back from that and to kind of look at the whole situation. And honestly, entrepreneurs often don't have a lot of time for that. I I recognize that. And the other thing too, is especially when we're doing mindset work, we're invited to explore the shadow. We're we're being asked to, to challenge our limiting beliefs, our negative assumptions, those feelings that we don't want to have. It's not fun work all the time. It's a lot easier to just throw yourself into your work and to send your emails and meet with your clients and do all of those things rather than take the time to do that introspective self-reflection. So I understand why the three M's kind of fall down the list of priorities because we've got a lot to do to keep our businesses running. But I would argue that we need the three M's we need to prioritize them because that actually makes the experience of doing all the things in our business more pleasurable. It brings a sense of contentment and fulfillment. And so even if we're doing things like filling orders or, you know, just replying to customer service emails, it's just infused with a greater sense of purpose. Just makes things more joyful. Yeah, it does. And fulfillment. It slows things down. It slows things down. I don't know if you've done, I just came back from a a silent retreat and it was, um, it was, it was very powerful because you have a moment to sit in silence for three days with yourself and your brain is super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Brain's like, woo, 
this is exciting. Let's think about everything that's happened in the past 12 months, which we had to do the whole, what is that called? Like you go back, you go through the albums, think about all your brain goes through all the albums, everything that happened, but uh, so much gratitude and realizing all the beautiful blessings and lessons that are blessings in disguise, um, that it's a beautiful process. So I love what you do is, um, is so important because it helps entrepreneurs find more gratefulness in what they do and reminds them why they're doing this. And it maybe helps them move forward and growing their business so they can have more impact and help more people. So thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate that very much. And I would love to know how can people find you? And I know you have a gift for everyone. So I do. I am at Coach with Clarity pretty much everywhere. So coachwithclarity.com for sure. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Coach with Clarity. And if our discussion of the three M's has intrigued you and you want to learn more, then you are invited to download a free chapter of my book, Act on Your Business. And that chapter is all about the three M's. So it's a great introduction. Uh, and you can find that at coachwithclarity.com slash act. Awesome. Love it so much. Thank you, Lee. I'm so glad you're on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate you and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave, bold and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with three women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at impact to income.